Welcome to the Spoken Word Poetry Podcast. Listen in as poet and artist Ariana R. Cherry features words written from her heart and performed from her soul. Every week, you will hear original poetry spoken through performance art and storytelling. Listen weekly on Anchor, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Truth, stories, and poetry. Exactly what the soul needs.
Welcome to Spoken Word Poetry Podcast. Today I have Leo Crandall, who is both a poet, musician, and artist. Um, He's been in quite a few places. Um, I will let him talk about that. And I've already talked to him a little bit beforehand and have told him about Hozier. So if anyone out there has heard of Hozier, I believe he kind of has that vibe. So after you listen to Leo, check out that one as well. And I would like to welcome Leo Crandall today. Hello, Leo. Hey, how are you today? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. Everything is good today. Great. Yeah, we we need good days during this time, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I've done a yes, I've done a lot of staying at home. I saw you had a show back in February. Hopefully, you were able to do that. But I don't know about shows as of recent. No, nothing. 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 I've got uh, a couple of um, somebody from Michigan contacted me about zooming a concert sometime in the spring. Mm -hmm. Um. But that's about it. So I'm sort of I'm beginning work on my own kind of video songwriting podcast where I take a song and kind of uh, talk about the influences. But that's still, that hasn't even hit my own computer yet. So. <laughs> hey, it's okay to plan stuff in our brain. I mean, most writers, they, nobody wants to know what's going on up there in our head, right? Yeah, I don't even want want to know what's going on up there. (laughs) Yeah, I have about a million. They say uh, for writers, it's like computers when you have a million tabs open. So that's what... It's it's rough, it's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, myself, um, we are both writers, and um, we used to go to conventions. Thankfully, we both have daytime jobs. So um, I work at a church as administrative assistant, and he works in a nursing home. So they're both service work, which has made us essential. So um, we've had that going, but we do miss getting out there and seeing our convention family. Um, so it's been pretty rough. And um, you know, both of us are kind of high risk, so we haven't been out in public as much either. Yeah, you've got to... Uh, you've got to do the wise thing, which is not always the pleasant thing to do. Hey, that, sure. that is quite sure. Um, but hopefully um, you've been able maybe at least to find some time to create while you've probably been at home and maybe not out on the road as much, I'm assuming. I um, have created so much more in this past year <laughs> uh, because it's just, uh, in a way, I've got to say for all of its... Uh, for all of its challenges, uh, I've just got, I've had so much more time to do my pure creative work. And that part of it has been really fantastic. But I, I, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back out there. Oh, well, you know, all of us, we've always used to complain about not having enough time. So we finally got a year where we've had plenty of it. (laughs) Well, everybody, I think wrestles with that issue of like social obligations. Mm -hmm. Hey, what are you doing Thursday, Jason? And that now it's like you know that part of it went away. So <laughs> there's a lot less um, social uh, pressure to go out. Oh, for sure. Um, so let's start talking more a little about you. Why don't you give my audience a little background about yourself? I will include your link um, in the show, you know, our show description. But I would like you to tell our audience about yourself. Sure. Um, Let's see. I started. I started my artistic life when I uh, when I was nineteen. Um, I uh, got a job outside of Chicago. I was a full time musician. I was a teacher, and I made my living as a as a guitarist in Chicago for something like twelve or thirteen years. 
uh, and it was it was a great gig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but during that time, I decided that I wanted to go back to school, mm-hmm. um, and and I don't know how this happened because I was a I was an obsessive musician. Um, when I was in school, I just found a real love of linguistics and language. So I was taking, I was minoring in Latin, and I was also taking, um, uh, studying Anglo-Saxon, uh, which I which I still use today in my work, and uh, also translated uh, some Old Norse. Oh, wow. So I, I came at it, I came at language really, I mean, I, I was an English major. I, I focused on, you know, English before Chaucer, but I did a lot of translation of Latin and Anglo-Saxon. And um, from there, I moved on to a whole different career working in arts administration. So I worked for symphony orchestras. Oh, that's awesome. And then I ran uh, an, uh, an art center. Uh, and then I worked in an arts council developing grant opportunities for artists. Oh, neat. But all this time, of course, I put my own work aside Mm. and um i ended up because i just have a lot of interests i'd also been making films as a filmmaker and i ended up teaching some film classes at syracuse university and um a number of years ago i was just missing it all and so even though i was working i got in a band uh the gunster mockers and the uh the mockers were you know, we're an upstate New York band, but we did tour Africa, and um, wow. uh, it really got me back into music. And at that time, because I had been a musician for so long, and I really had put my scholarship behind me, but as the band, like some of the band moved away and just people, other things started to happen, I thought, you know, I really should be a songwriter and a poet <laughs> because I know a lot about music and I know a lot about poetry. Mm-hmm. And so then I, that's when I started writing songs in earnest. And then I, I really began to uh, focus on the lyrics because I feel so many musicians, they focus on their musicality and their musicianship, which is a good thing to do. Um, but their, their lyric writing, for instance, one of the first things I noticed is almost none of them have an editor. Oh, man. So every other, you know, every writer, every poet, every novelist, every every graphic novel writer, every, you know, they all have editors. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, uh, I'm going to get an editor because I just need, because I want it to be stronger. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I kind of started on my path a number of years ago. And I'm just... Um, I just released my eighth CD and I completed my ninth during the, the <laughs> pandemic, although I hadn't released it, and I'm halfway through my next. So, wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my that's kind of my history. Great! Wow, you've had quite a history. <laughs> it, it sounds like you've been very busy. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been a busy it's been it's been busy but good. Yeah. So I know you said you've you've been like a teacher, a artist, a, you know, a musician, poet, but like as you were growing up, what do you think you were first? I mean, were you like a writer first or musician first? How, I mean, I'm just curious. Well, I was an outsider first. <laughs> we're all outsiders. <laughs> first, exactly. First, I was an outsider, but I was a musician first. Okay. And so I became really obsessive about it. I was playing... Uh, you know, I was playing stand-up bass in the school orchestra, and then somebody said, hey, you know, 
if you had a bass guitar, it's the same instrument, just sideways. And, awesome. And uh, my dad got me a bass guitar, and I was just gone. I was just learning every song I could learn. I got in the band. I just that was my life for uh, for a long time. Afterwards, I had an affinity for it, uh, but then I also started to find more out of the way music and um, scholarship and poetry came to me a little bit later. Okay, so how did you get into poetry then? I mean, I know when you write music and lyrics, they're kind of like poetry already anyway. So, I mean, yeah. but how did you make the transition? Well, I actually made the transition. Um, it's a quirky story, but uh, when I was when I was fairly young, when I was twenty one or so, um, and I'd already been making my living as a musician for years, I I felt somehow because of some people that I met that I was uneducated. Hmm. So I decided to educate myself because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to school. So I started uh, trying to teach myself Latin and reading Shakespeare and Aristotle and mm-hmm. you know the medievalists and. And I found that I just absolutely loved it. I loved it. And so um, eventually, you know, after three or four years, after living like a hermit and studying, (laughs) I went to school and just, uh, I thought I was going to hate it and I loved it. You know, my professors were all very smart and very helpful and they also loved scholarship and it was a great experience for me. Awesome. Well, I mean, you had some great authors. I mean, who doesn't not like Shakespeare? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And they, you know, it's interesting because they, they come back, I don't want to say to haunt me, but, you know, they'll, they'll come back, they, you know, they'll show up in my work, mm-hmm. be writing a song, it's like, I don't know what, I don't know where, I don't quite know where this is going, and then the line from Shakespeare, you know, uh, Hamlet's stepfather says, you know, all of heaven's falling rain can't wash my shins away, and this, uh-huh. this Oh yes, what this song is about. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the Saxon poets—they—they they have a yes. huge influence on my work too. Oh, so. they have beautiful literature. I mean, how could you not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, this sounds like they kind of show up as muses in your work in a way. Well, they do. They yeah. do. You know, it's it's um, they show up in all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. A lot of authors do, and a lot of kind of out of the way authors or. You know, anything, any, anything that, that is interesting me, I always stop and say, okay, this is, you're interested in this for a reason. Oh, yes. And so, and so explore it, find it, write it out. You know, maybe next week I'll be throwing it away. Mm. But if a line like that shows up, I stop everything I'm uh-huh. doing. And I, you know. Yeah, definitely some of your best work kind of comes when it just shows up when you're least expecting it. You know, then that's what always happens to me as a writer. Like, you know, I'll be sitting either at night or I'll be after I get in watching a movie or I hear a song and I just get lines and they just come to me. And I always feel like those are like probably your best lines. They're gold. Yeah. You know, they're gold. And I would say, you know, the same thing happens to me musically. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be walking along and I'll just hear this. Dee, dee, dee. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, why is that in my head? It's like, yeah, don't worry about why. Yes. Just go home and document it and remember it and work it. Yes. I get that. Um, I started learning to play the piano a few years ago, and then I started writing some of my own music. And I'm glad that you said that, because I hear songs in my head, and I don't know where they came from. Like, I will hear, like, the vocalist, and even though I'm only learning to play the piano and keyboard, but I will hear, like, other background instruments, but, like, the lyrics, and it's like you're hearing a song on the radio, and it just comes to me. It's so weird. 
Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting because people people get those kind of audio visions, if you will, in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, because I, I, I had a, a long discussion with my friend, some people like you, they hear like the whole texture, mm-hmm. like I hear the whole thing. Here's the piano and the vocals and the bass. And, and like, for me, I hear lines. I just hear, this is how the line moves. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just the, so some people hear, I think a line, this would, you know, a vertical line and some people mm-hmm. hear a Yes. Yeah. So now, you know, that I'm actually talking to another musician, I don't feel so crazy. So (laughs) I used to worry about hearing. You're probably still crazy. (laughs) Probably. Most of us artists and writers are anyway. (laughs) You know, you can't, you can't ask a musician to prove that you're not crazy. Yeah. So So, um, I'm interested in hearing some of your work. Um, I, you know, some was emailed to me and I, really like the sound of some of it. You said you were going to read some of it. So how about you go ahead and do that? Yeah, I'd love to do that. And uh, maybe talk a little bit about, about them. Yes. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to read, I decided to read things off my last release. Okay. Um, which is called Unknowable and Stunning Thing. And how do you come up with your titles? Just curious. Well, that title is actually a line from this song. Uh, okay. It's a line from one of my songs, uh, House of the Widow. And it came, I was um, I was actually exchanging some correspondence with my editor, Joel and Quietech. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her about this inspirational kind of film clip that I saw. And uh, I, was ex- I was describing it to her. And I said, you know, it's a thing that is that it's, it's just an unknowable and stunning thing. And she said, oh, that's such a great it is. title uh, for that moment where you don't really understand this thing that has power. It stuns you, mm-hmm. but you there's no way to know it, really. So you just experience it. So awesome. that's kind of where, that's where that title is. Great. Goes. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Read away. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to start. So I'm going to uh, read a few things off of that album, okay. which was a collaboration uh, with my friend Jaime Whitoff who's a percussionist and he was in my band, the Gunstermachers and he and I decided to do a, a sort of a duo album. Uh, I mean, I wrote uh, all the lyrics and stuff and uh, Jaime's a, he's a more elemental uh, mm-hmm. bash that drum kind of guy. Cool. But he's also very musical. So, um, so the first uh, thing I'm going to read is called there is a wind. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. So a couple things about it. Um, I don't know if you want to get into the details, but just a few things. I think I was kind of musing about things that lodge in me that that I seem to think about, and I don't quite know why some things do and some things don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a notion. Another another thing I was I was thinking about the word and the notion of watchful and what it is, what mm-hmm. watchfulness is, and what it is to be watchful. Sure. And also, what kind of state you're in. Mm-hmm. You're not really in an open state. So if you're in a condition of watchfulness, it is a sort of a hampered, cautious condition. And um, the last stanza was inspired by um, uh, uh, one of the letters of Samuel Beckett uh, that I was reading. So mm-hmm. but let me just get and, and read uh, There is a Wind. Great. There is a wind gathered by the branches, and so these things are drawn into me, and that is where I tend them, but I don't know why they root so deep. 
There's a rain freezing in the air where I walk. And I cannot help but say these things. They disappear back into the rain, back into the rain. It was the memory that changed me, the reckoning that made me watchful. Everything it was, it wasn't. I can hardly find one useful word, and a word would only be one more thing running through my veins. Just one more thing running through my veins. Mm, yeah, I really like that. And, oh, thank you. And uh, I will be sharing, you know, the one where you put it to lyrics. It's just absolutely beautiful. And I like your the way you sing it. I like your voice in it and the music, the accompaniment you have with it. It's just awesome. I love the oh, guitar. thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, you know, the, the music is kind of discoverable in the same way. I never quite know what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was an interesting one because speaking of my friend Jaime, you know, I said, you know, Jaime, I don't, I don't know if this one really needs much much of a drum set. Mm -hmm. He was like, please, 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 let me just put some drums on the end. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to like it. And the drums are just killer. They're so yeah. good. Yeah. And uh, so I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad I sort of kept open and, and, mm -hmm. and those changes. So Most definitely. Yeah. Um, let's see. This is a, this is a, um, also off that same album. Uh, it's called Ruby in My Heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, this was a song that I worked on an awfully long time, worked on the lyrics an awfully long time. And it went through an awful lot of changes, probably a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, it was initially called Ruby in My Chest, but I didn't want people to think that it was a metaphor for the heart. Gotcha. Because it was really this hard and beautiful and durable thing inside of us that when we're young, it isolates us, speaking of being an outsider, but as we grow older, it's a thing we draw strength from. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, let's see, what else would I like to say about this? Um, I think, um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I was reading. Oh, there is a reference in here to my helmsman from the past. And this, <laughs> this helmsman, which is this thing, is actually a metaphor that comes... Uh, from the Saxon poets, which I mentioned, mm -hmm. and um, um, and I was also reading some uh, <laughs> uh, Isaac Disraeli. He's written a short history of gloves, oh, wow. and <laughs> and so I was reading this, and so that sort of found its way. Into mm -hmm. this. So awesome. this is called this is called Ruby uh, Ruby in My Heart. You could keep the sky. I wouldn't even care. I hear a lonesome border waltz so faint, it hangs like tinsel in her hair. Vaguely at the wall, I could not stay or go. And I've suffered at the hands of both, both my friends and foes. I've been thinking of a place where the shadows fall away and heaven merges into earth. I've been thinking of a place. Shake loose, shake loose the winds. Let it touch each thing, the winds. What guides me now, cloaked and true, my helmsman from the past, this ruby in my heart, darkly gleaming now, this ruby in my heart. There's a table in the sun where I now recall 
her brooding Turkmen bracelet weighing on her wrist. In the garden, in the heat, she once took off her glove. And the rose she gave me then, passing from skin to skin with nothing in between. I've been thinking of a place where the shadows fall away and heaven merges into earth. So shake loose, shake loose the winds and let it touch each thing, the winds. What guides me now, cloaked and true, my helmsman from the past, this ruby in my heart, darkly gleaming now, darkly gleaming now. That's really beautiful. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And that definitely does take you back. I read on uh, your site that you want your work to kind of take people back to another time and transport them in a way. And you can, you know, see the exchange of the rose between the two. And, and you can, like, just feel the wind, you know. In, if you're really close to nature, and I, I know I am, I mean, there's a thing about, like, standing out, especially like in the middle of the woods or just out in nature somewhere and feeling the wind as it touches you. And, you know, just to know, I mean, how it touches everything else all at once i mean i know some people may not really think of that but it's kind of amazing how you can almost just become a part of all of that together no absolutely and, I, and it's interesting because i think um you know that's what all the meditation aficionados are about sort of living in the moment and living in your body and feeling it and when you when you stand out in the wind i mean that's right where it takes you yeah like a, Continuing presence where you feel your body and you're not looking to the future of mm -hmm. the past, you're just experiencing that. Yeah. So pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I can, you know, I've got a short one. If you can't yeah, go ahead, one more would be great. Um, for, you know, I, I get on these tears for a while. Um, last year I was writing lullabies. I oh, wow. Not, but I was like, oh, nobody writes those anymore. They're so Aww. great. So I wrote this lullaby. I mean, it's a somewhat darker lullaby. Mm -hmm. um, I had seen a, a poster by a cartoonist from around the turn of the century, a guy named Windsor McKay. Mm -hmm. And they were designing posters to get um, young, young boys to enlist. And so... After the Lusitania was sunk, he made a poster of a woman floating underwater with a baby. Wow. Saying, um, and the caption was just, enlist. So it was sort of tugging on everyone's heartstrings. But, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But I, so I wrote, this, I wrote this lullaby. And actually, the theme got used in a movie. Wow. Believe it or not. Um, that's making the independent circuit right now. It just won an award in Romania and... Mm -hmm. uh, Rome. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, and this is called You Sailor Boys. Tonight, I'll join you sailor boys at the bottom of the sea. I'll sing with you forevermore. Sing evermore with me. We'll make a necklace of our bones in the stony, lonesome deep. So tonight, I'll join you sailor boys at the bottom of the sea. Wow. <laughs> You know, that's kind of deep, even though as short as it is. I mean, who to say their souls aren't down there somewhere, you know? I mean, and they're all meeting each other after everything's over. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, thank you. I mean, one of the things I, I play with, and one of the things, it's very fun and at times very challenging, is 
okay, what kind of music does this require? Mm. And so that music, I made it like a little child's tune. It was very simple, very easy. Sometimes, you know, I play the music against type. I'll take lyrics that are very dark and very yes. aggressive and put them in a quiet waltz yeah. or, or vice versa. So it's a, it's another sort of tool in our toolbox yeah. that makes the music uh, and the lyrics a sort of an interesting interplay. Yeah. Who's to say that you won't make a, like a collection of dark lullabies? You could do like a small album of dark lullabies or, or else you could, and to go along with it, um, like a small book, you know, a chapbook of dark lullabies and have someone illustrate. Like, you know, like a nursery rhyme book kind of, but, 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 yeah. but dark lullabies yeah. instead and have it yeah. illustrated. Oh, it's a great idea. Yeah. It's a great idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm writing, uh, in my, my next release is going to be a series of, like, secular hymns. Oh, wow. Because uh, I didn't, um, my family did not grow up a religious family. Mm-hmm. Um, but musically, I just I just love the hymns, so I just wrote a series of hymns. Oh, neat. Um, of very, you know how they are, They're, they've got this beautiful, very simple kind of feel, so I just... I had written a number of hymns and actually a whole album of them. Oh, neat. Um, so at some point soon, I'm going to release it. I just don't know why. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Very awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, before I, I end this, um, is you know, let people know where they can find you on the web, um, you know, and how they can listen to your music. I will definitely have your website in my show description, but is there anywhere else like you're, you're on? Any websites? All the usual suspects. I mean, uh, you know, um, for um, for down, you know, for digital, of course, Spotify, and you can get mm-hmm. it on iTunes and Amazon and all over the place. Um, I sell some merchandise. I've got a, a handmade letterpress book of my lyrics. That you, oh, neat! Yeah, you can get on uh, Bandcamp. Uh, you can buy hard copies on Bandcamp and um, CD Baby, or you can just go to my website. Yes. You know, I think I think there's some click-throughs on mm-hmm. there. Are you on social media? I am, yeah. I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram and okay. Twitter, but I don't use much Twitter. So, uh, Yeah, I'm on there, but I just tweet stuff. You know, just, hey, check this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, an, I'm sort of an Instagram guy, but yeah. sometimes I'll post, you know, if there's something I'm excited about, I'll post 30 seconds of a tune with some of the lyrics and just Great. say, hey, I'm doing this. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you heard of uh, Reverb Nation? Yeah, I have. Okay, I have. you might check that out. I've I myself have some things on there. Um, you might be pretty good in um your genre over there. I just think you should check it out and see what you think. Yeah, most definitely, I will. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I don't get anything for that. I don't get any, not sponsoring me or anything. It's just a website that I like and I like sharing my work on. And I just thought I'd share it with another, you know, um, poet and musician and whatnot. Um, there's a lot of artists right. on there, and you can. Check out their work. You can post your work. It's pretty neat. That's cool. So Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I loved actually hearing you recite your poems. I mean, I, you know, I, I listen to you seeing them, of course, but t- sometimes it's different to hear it set to music and then to also hear it recite. It gives it, like, two different feelings. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. I, it was nice to hear that. So Thank I think you. you should definitely, sometime when you have time, you should even just do a recording of you reading those. I mean, that's great. It's just, it's you know, thing. You. I, I used to run a poetry series. Oh, so I've learned, awesome. I've learned a lot from poets. You know, they're very courageous. Mm-hmm. They'll get up and say all these personal things. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's that factored into my, 
you know, my music writing is I'm yes. not going to be, I can't be any less courageous than those poets, you know, mm-hmm. so gutsy, so. Yes, I can tell you, they definitely um, have that deep feeling and really, you know, can touch somebody. You have, you know, touched that personal aspect, so. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So thank you again for coming on Spoken Word Poetry Podcast. It's It's been awesome, Leo. Well, thank you so much, Ariane. It's a great book, uh, podcast. I'm thrilled to be on it. It's great thank to, you. I mean, nobody else is, gets to see you, but I, it was great to actually kind of meet you. Yeah, it was neat to meet you, too. Um, maybe if I ever have another opportunity to actually record the video, but uh, audio is great, too. I'll definitely you know I'll have, we'll see you play. I think I'll even put a link. You have some YouTube videos of you playing, so uh, I'll promote that, too. People can, Great, thank you. people can see yeah. you. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you again, and you have a All wonderful right. day, Leo. Yeah, thanks for your help. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. If you are enjoying listening to Spoken Word Poetry Podcasts, then you just might enjoy poetry written by Ariana R. Cherry. You can buy her books on Amazon. Visit her website at arianarcherry.wordpress.com. There's a lifting in the desert 
from this horde of loss I sing to the horizon a noble thing A noble and stunning thing All I could say Cause it fell out of my mouth All I could say before You will have said before What little was in me I already lost It fell out of my mouth Yes, it fell out of my mouth In me 